Welcome to Momentum, encouraging women who follow Jesus because your leadership and influence matters. This is Lauren Carreras, and we're here today with Denise Harlow talking about how to keep a loving attitude towards your husband. So, Denise, mom, why does this matter to you? Well, I think it's because so much is controlled in our mind. I mean, our attitude about anything, actually, and we can get to where we can start feeling things that are so unnecessary because we dwell on something negative in our mind. And and the easiest place for us to do that is about our husbands mm-hmm. because we nitpick on each other uh, mentally and because we live so closely with each other. Absolutely. So, um, in your experience, how does, how does your attitude towards your husband affect your relationship and, uh, and affect your husband? Well, it, I, I have to use this one illustration when we were early married and, and honestly, um, our church knows this, our girls know this, we had some really tough marital years. And I can remember in the middle of that, this time he was in our room doing something and it sounded in my brain like he was slamming things down and trying to be mad and irritating and it was just personal against me and then later when we were talking to a counselor he was like uh I was just packing my bags but see my mental thoughts were that oh he was doing it to get me or to get me riled up and I really wasn't so it, it affects the relationship in every way. And if we have these mental blocks of negativity, it's really hard, really, really hard for women to want to be intimate with their husband. And so we, it's so important that we address this and talk about it. I think one thing that's crazy and hard for especially people in my generation is this idea that your husband is supposed to come into the picture and completely complete you or make you feel loved all the time. It's supposed to be this feeling filled relationship. You know, I've had friends who have told me that they are afraid of falling out of love with their husband. And the culture just kind of tells us over and over again that kind of this guy should be uh, perfect. I mean, he should complete us. He should make us happy. The culture tells us, our culture tells us that our husbands are here to make us happy. Yeah. And that's a bunch of bull. You know what? Because, um, well, we get it from movies. We get it from the media. You know, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. And and fairy tales that we watch. I mean, what did I always say at the end of the fairy tales? You remember what I would say? My, My wonderful mother would stop Cinderella and say, now. There's no such thing as happily ever after. You have to work hard at your relationship <laughs> and let us continue watching. Yeah. yeah. And keep dating. And because I wanted my girls to have realistic. And if we're honest, also, we are very self-centered people. Mm-hmm. All of us are. So it's about me. And what are you doing for me? And that is so the opposite of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if we're really true followers of Jesus, we have to stop and think, wow, what, what's my attitude? And honestly, in marriage, you shouldn't be a doormat either. 
because that's not a healthy marriage mm -hmm. either. But you really, really need to think, how can I love this person where the, they receive love? Not my idea, my opinion of how he would see love, but his idea. And it's amazing. Um, we went through a real struggled time. And I think Tim had gone to a counselor and it was at the point where we, we were really having so much trouble that I think we were at a point of desperation. Mm -hmm. And I think a counselor told him, you know, just love her and do things for her no matter what. Mm -hmm. And because I was so convinced and he was so convinced that he, he, he didn't really love me. He was convinced I didn't really love him. And once he started actually behaving that way, it really softened my heart. It softened my attitude. It made me want to do loving things for him. Mm. Wow. Imagine that, mm -hmm. you know, he, him wanting to do them for me and me wanting to do them for him. And after all these years of marriage, it's, it, we are in such a different place. I mean, you've seen how much your dad helps out around here and how he'll stop and he'll hug me and kiss me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such a different relationship and how I want to have something ready for him on a Sunday morning, if he's running out to preach or some, whatever it might be in his life. So it is, it is really difficult. So what do you say to us when we're having a hard time being willing to be that person who loves first and you know there are there are times especially I know my husband and I right now we have a new baby so we're adjusting to life and exponential amount of new responsibilities and taking care of ourselves is hard enough so taking care of each other and we can just get so short-sighted sometimes on what needs to be happening right now what I need and um, I can become so selfish so fast what do you say to us and to me when I'm stuck in the place where um, I'm feeling unable to move past the situation to love him or unable to move past a grudge? Well, I think it's really um, good to take a break, a time out. You know, if, I mean, maybe you don't have time right then because you're both trying to get to work. And hmm. I think it's always helpful to have a third party and maybe the situation doesn't feel like, wow, it's, it's not that bad. Mm. But I tell you, you're starting to develop some habits mm. in your marriage. And to me, it's worth a couple of sessions with a third party, a Christian counselor, um, somebody you really trust. And they give you suggestions. They make you see it from each other's side. They give you suggestions how to handle it. Um, you need to develop some lifelong practices. Otherwise, you're getting into some lifelong bad practices. Mm. It's easy to do, you know, because we just do what comes natural. Our natural self-centered self um, comes through. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't want people to think I'm perfect. No way. I can be more selfish than any of you out there. So I have to really, really work at it. Um, also I would love to put a couple scriptures 
in everybody's mind. And I'd actually like you to write these down because they are so powerful. I don't think we think enough about the spiritual warfare going around us Mm -hmm. as people in ministry. You women are serving God different ways or, or you're, you're a pastor's wife and you're, you're serving God in unpaid capacity. Well, and whatever it is, our marriage is supposed to kind of reflect to the rest of the world, God's love. So it's very spiritual. You're right. It is. And Satan hates it. And Mm -hmm. He will put a bullseye on our marriages and the spiritual warfare is going to come. I hated, I've always hated when Tim was preaching on marriage because (laughs) I knew, I knew it, knew it, knew it. We would have a horrible month because (laughs) Satan was going to attack in every way possible. (laughs) Ephesians 5 talks about that spiritual warfare and um, that's when we need to remember Second Corinthians 10, four and five. I would memorize this. It, it says the weapons we fight with, you know, we got to fight Satan somehow if we're going to win are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, divine power. That's from God to demolish strongholds. Okay. Bad habits, bad attitudes, whatever it is. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, we, us, you, me, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I have had to do this so many times in my life. Like I'll dwell on something negative I'm mad at him about. And Mm -hmm. we get to where we love that. You know, Mm -hmm. we love to sit in our anger and we'll dwell and dwell. That is so unscriptural. We need to stop that thought, take it captive. Instead of it controlling us, let our Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside us, control the thought and make it obedient to Scripture. What Scripture was that again? Can you say that again? Yes, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Uh, that's so good to keep in front of you um, all the time, especially in regards to marriage. I don't know. Sometimes I think these things apply to me, myself, and I. Oh, yeah, I'm in a relationship with someone that really <laughs> that really matters and needs me to take my thoughts captive. Um, I'm, you were saying a third party, and, and it doesn't always have to be a counselor. Um, I was telling you a little bit about how um, I was having a particularly moody day and I knew it, um, you know, post baby, no sleep, whatever, um, excuses, excuses, but I was not having it. We were supposed to go on this date for our anniversary and I just did not want to get in the car. I didn't want to be around him. Um, we had just had a miscommunication and it felt like the same thing all over again, you know? Um, so I reached out to two friends who I know absolutely believe the best about my husband um and didn't say anything about him but told them how much I was struggling and it was wonderful I needed the prayer in the moment um and I also (laughs) needed them to remind me who my husband was um and a little bit needed to be told to to get over it it's gonna be okay (laughs) so um oh that's good friends that's perfect 
Yeah. Um, my, my one friend actually, she said, go into your phone right now and look at pictures of your husband with your daughter and tell me you don't know who he really is. You know, um, I thought that was great advice. That is definitely something practical. Stop, stop the thoughts. Um, go back to a memory or, um, you know, a situation or pictures or things that you've written down about him before to remember who he actually is and not let your moods dictate how you feel about him in the moment. Uh, see, that's so good because <laughs> sadly, okay, confession time, sadly, when we were having a rough time, I would want to go make a list of everything I was mad about mm-hmm. so that when we argued, I was ready for the argument. I had my ammunition, you know, but, uh, instead I want you guys to not do that. I want you to make a list of all your husband's good qualities. Hmm. I mean, from, is he a hard worker? Does he take care of the yard? Is he great with your daughter? And she lights up when she sees him. Do do other guys think he's uh, a great friend or somebody to talk to do they have a great sense of humor? i mean just even little things well i guess he will uh, take out the trash you know anything <laughs> you can write down to think of what is great about your man and and guess what that's scripture philippians 4 8 finally whatever is true whatever's noble whatever's right pure lovely whatever is admirable anything is excellent or praiseworthy worthy think about these things and that is a great practice to do with our husbands and and pray about your attitude daily because we need it mm-hmm. we need that prayer we do um so as we as we end out i know that um you are talking so far to those of us who have husbands who are generally healthy people. Um, what about the women who are out there who have uh, situations that they don't know if they should stay in? What, what would you say to those women? Well, there's definitely, you know, different circumstances for every situation that's out there. If, if the, you're in an abusive situation, um, physically, um, I, you need to seek help. You really do. You should not have a husband who is abusive physically. But some of you have husbands who are abusive emotionally and mentally with their tongues. And girls, you need to put a stop to that. And it means going to a counselor. It might mean an ultimate ultimatum, honestly, a little, uh, uh, just a bit of separation till you get this thing fixed. I always try to Remember in my mind, they learned this somewhere. You don't know if they learned it from their parent because they were treated that way. I'm not looking for excuses for them, but they need to take responsibility. Now they're doing it and they need to stop. And so I really recommend a Christian counselor at that point. Um, I, I just pray that you would really seek help and, I would love for to hear from you so I can be praying for you um, at Denise at parkfuturech.com. I would love to hear from you because I am pray. So just um, seek that help. You don't have to put up with that, honestly. 
That's great. It's it's great to see too. Um, I know you talk about struggling with your marriage, but uh, you all have put in the work, and it makes me want to keep working because there's so many people who give up or give up once their kids are out of the house. And and to me, I'm seeing firsthand that you and Dad really have a relationship that's worth it (laughs) that's really fun and wonderful at the end you know when you're you have all this freedom now away from your kids and um and we enjoy it you know yeah you enjoy it it's it's great and um not that I don't enjoy my husband right now I definitely do but uh, you know sometimes the work feels a little bit daunting sometimes it feels harder um so so thanks we'll work on taking our thoughts captive Right before we close, Lauren, I just want to share a couple of things that you women can do intentionally to keep winning at your marriage. Besides the list, treat your marriage as another person or as a living thing. Uh, Taya Kyle, the American sniper's wife, said, if you only had one pair of shoes for your entire life and you knew it, how much better care you would take of those shoes. Yet we don't do that with our marriages. Mm -hmm. So we need to treat our marriage as a living being that needs care. So we need to keep dating. You will be amazed if you go on a date, just the two of you regularly, how your attitude will change. It's amazing. Um, Put the, these things on your calendar It doesn't sound very romantic, but on your days off, put a date with your husband or a family activity together. Uh, Make sure they happen because life has a way of pushing those things out if we don't plan on them. Mm -hmm. So I really want to encourage that and maybe do some intentional things. Your dad and I have a whiteboard, and my sister-in-law and brother actually do this on their mirror. And so I invite any woman out there to copy this. But the premise is, I love you because. And then we write one thing on there that we love about each other. And we take turns. You know, one will sit there a couple of days, and then the other person will erase it and put something else it's and funny it's, because, you know, things like that, sometimes they can sound cheesy, but gosh, we need to remember, I need to remember that my husband is out for my good and he is my cheerleader and, and vice versa. So it's, it's worth it. It sounds like to put in the effort to do intentional little things like that, even if they feel silly in the moment. It, it is so worth it. And it kind of goes with unspoken thoughts, which, um, less and lessly parrot talk about a lot but that you have positive unspoken thoughts you have a lot of negative but you have positive but sometimes you don't say it and that just having a board or writing it to them you know makes gives you that opportunity hey yeah I really appreciated that when you dropped that by my office that was so helpful thanks son so things like that we can do so we're taking our thoughts captive um, we're not going to expect our, the world out of our husbands, but instead be the ones to, to first act in a way to show them love. You know, we're going to strive to be the wives that don't expect the world, but, um, try to be the, the helper, the lover, the cheerleader first. Um, and, uh, 
we are going to move past these situations and do what we can. And when we need help, gosh, we're going to ask for it because our marriages matter. Um, what else do you have for us today as far as helping us keep a loving attitude for, towards our husbands? Well, j- just in closing, I, I would probably say um, this bit of advice. It was something that we did at a bridal shower. And they said, if you had a piece of advice, what would you write down? And I wrote down for this couple and probably every shower since is be willing to change because I've heard women say, well, if he doesn't accept me the way I am, that's who he married and that's his problem. Well, yeah, you, you have your personality, you have things about you, but I would, I would be willing to change because you need to allow the Holy Spirit and to mold you and take those horrible, selfish tendencies that we all have, um, away. And yeah, we're still going to mess up, but allow God to mold you into being just an incredible tool for him. Um, that's what I'd really recommend to the women out there. All right, ladies, let us pray over you and your relationships right now. God, we ask for, a humility beyond what we have right now. We ask that you help us be the kind of people who chase after a marriage that's worth having, that we wouldn't get so um, stopped and uh, distracted by the things that are coming up in our schedule, the distractions from kids, from jobs, that we would keep the big rocks in our lives first and we would put forth the effort for our marriages because you've asked us to. You've asked us to be an example of your love to the world through our love um, in our marriage. And, and that is a lofty thing, but you can help us and you can do it. And so we pray that we'll take some of the wisdom from today and apply it to our lives and keep it in front of us. God, give these women strength and power to know um, when to lean on you and how to lean on you. We love you so much, Lord. Bless their marriages in every way. And in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning into Momentum. For more information and encouragement, check out deniseharlow.com or follow Denise Harlow on Instagram or Facebook. And we will talk to you soon.